Today, we're talking about the wide receivers at Florida. Just how long can Mike White keep his job? And we're previewing Florida versus South Carolina women's basketball game this Sunday, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. So thank you for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And you can find me right now on Twitch watching Kelpapi, K-E-L-L-P-A-P-I, uh, Pokemon's out. He's streaming. He's doing his things. He's my dog. So we're going to take a look at wide receivers first. Just wanted to get that little shout out there. Um, but talking about wide receivers here, um, I, I, I've been very, you know, talk, talking about receivers with Justin Shorter and Xavier Henderson. Um, I've been very happy that that is going to be our wide receiver duo on the outside for the most part. You know, they're coming back, both of them, to be starters on the outside. Justin Shorter uh, will be healthy after that scary injury in the uh in the bowl game and that was that was tough but uh yeah like i said like i've said repeatedly i'm very happy that this is the duo that we have coming back because sure they aren't uh the explosive playmaker that jacob copeland is or Kadarius tony sure that's fair they're, they're not those guys but um they're not those guys boss but they are very capable blockers which i realize sounds like such a lame thing to be happy about but it's very important. They're very capable blockers and contested catch receivers, which is obviously the more important part of that. But it's important that they fit that that mold because, I mean, for two reasons, really. One, this offense is going to run a lot. Like, Billy Napier openly loves the run game. This team is building for the run. They're getting ready to run the damn rock. And that that's great for them. You know, having receivers that can block defenders, DBs, uh, well, corners, safeties, maybe linebackers, at least hold them off a little bit. That opens up your running lanes a lot. And we're going to see these receivers go in motion. They're going to have to be able to block different size defenders and different level defenders. So that's good. They're probably going to even help chip on DEs, DEs, DNs, if we're being honest. Um, so that makes the run game much more explosive, especially. I mean, that even make, helps your passing. And that's one of the reasons that Florida ran so many wide receiver and bubble screens is because the receivers were good at blocking so they can help spring plays. The second reason is that I've been very, very open about these quarterbacks and my thoughts on them and, and what they can do, and I don't care who starts. The fact is right now the two people leading that race are not super accurate. The third one, we haven't seen it. Actually, three through six, we haven't seen a ton of. So I can't say that they are accurate, accurate very much. But what I can say is that, yeah, I know that the, the two leaders are not very accurate right now. And that, that it's going to help them to have big-bodied receivers with large catch radiuses. So these receivers are going to be huge in the sense of, well, physically, they're massive men. But also that they can block 
and that they can make those contested catches because odds are they're going to be put in that situation. And I mean, look, we're, we're likely going to see Trent Whitmore in the slot with Rick Wells graduated, finally graduated. Um, Whitmore was eighth on the team last year in receiving yards. He had 210. He was less than 10 yards behind Damian Pierce and Malik Davis. So he, he still contributed fairly well to this team. He played a lot of snaps, actually, but it seems like most of the time he got the ball, it, it was kind of clear that it was going to go to him the whole way. There are a lot of snaps opening up at receiver this year, and I know that we won't see the same wide receiver rotation that we saw last year, but there are 317 snaps at wide receiver that are no longer on this team, and there is another 375 snaps in the slot that are available. Sure, Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson, and Trent Whittemore will eat up some of those snaps, whether it's just being healthier, playing more, whatever, Justin Shorter getting into the rotation earlier. Because uh, last year was Dan Mullen. He has an issue with starting his best players. Um, but even then, that still leaves an additional four, 500 snaps available to other receivers. And I get it, Keon Zipper or whoever is the starting tight end will eat up some wide snaps, and by some, I mean 20 maybe, and a good chunk of slot snaps. Last year, I believe Kamori Gamble saw the third most snaps from the slot on this team. Might might have even been second, actually. So he saw a lot of snaps in the slot where we're going to see that too. Um, I, I think that's very clear that a tight end will move out wide or will move to the slot. But even then, that leaves a lot of snaps. Well, Kamori Gamble played, I believe it was 114 snaps in the slot. Even then, that's, what, 261 snaps available in the slot right now? And if we have a better offense that gets to be on the field more, that, that, that's even more snaps opening up. I, I think that we'll see a lot of Marcus Burke and Jaquavion Frazier's, uh, but the issue with both of them, or not the issues with both of them, but the issue with them literally as a duo is that both of them played primarily out wide, and there's more snaps available in the slot than out wide, and I, look, I, I get it, you know, Justin Shorter and Xavier Henderson, they might move into the slot a little bit because, like I said, they're going to be going in motion. They might motion into the slot. They might motion to inline tight end. Justin Shorter did that, I believe, four times last season. So it's something that we might see, but someone has to clear that up. My money is that Marcus Burke will be the one taking these slot snaps more often than not, just given, you know, I mean, size-wise, he's pretty similar size to Jaquavion Frazier's. Uh, but I think skill set-wise, Marcus Burke might be better situated as a tall slot receiver because when I look at Marcus Burke, his tape from last year, his high school, whatever it may be, he is a field stretcher no matter where he's lined up. Uh, I believe his longest catch came from inside the slot, too, if I'm not mistaken. He was at the left slot and ran like a skinny post, and that was his biggest catch. I've also said that I think Naquan Wright will take snaps in the slot, which would mean, yes, that there will be less slot snaps available, but also at the same time, there's two slot receivers, just like there are two outside receivers. And if you go five wide, then there are three slot receivers. So snaps will be available uh, plenty. Um, it's interesting also because there are a lot of mouths to feed a receiver. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about a lot of guys here, and it's similar to talking about, um, or it's, it's somewhat reminiscent of talking about linebackers that we did on, I believe, Monday or Tuesday's episode where I believe it was Tuesdays, um, where there, there's a lot of guys, but there's not a lot of top talent. Like, like we don't have an alpha linebacker right now. We could, Harold Perkins, Shamar James could be those guys. We thought Tyron Hopper would be those guys, but we don't have a true, genuine alpha linebacker. We don't have a true, genuine alpha receiver. And I mean, that, look, I'll be completely honest with you. 
I've been very openly supportive of him. We thought Jacob Copeland would be that guy. Or at least I thought Jacob Copeland would be that guy. He wasn't. Simple simple as that. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you say he's open, he didn't get the ball. I don't care if you say he, that the, the quarterbacks did whatever. I don't give a damn. When it comes down to it, he didn't make those plays that we thought he'd make. And uh, that sucks. If Justin Shorter continues his progression, how he was going towards the end of the year before his injury, he might be the guy. Xavier Henderson, if he lives up to the hype of his name when he came to Florida, he might be the guy. Like Either way, I think we could be in business here. But receivers somewhere where I'm happy with the guys we have. I think we're missing that number one guy. And that might be a little bit of um, a setback when this team does want to throw the ball. But again, this is going to be a run-heavy offense. I think that the primary three receivers that play will be Xavier Henderson, Justin Shorter, and Trent Whittemore. And I'm happy with what they can do. I would like to see Trent Whittemore, you know, pick up his blocking a little bit. Uh, Effort-wise is what I mean more than anything else. And I, I, I'm I'm happy for what we got at receiver. I'm not going to lie. Like, generally, I'm happy with what we got. I think we've got a lot of number two and number three options. It's just who's going to get on the ball and how are they going to get them the ball. Hey, Gators fans. I'm telling you all about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It is Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play, whatever you got right now, and use the promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. That that ain't how we do it now, Grandpa. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app and use the free promo. Well, download the free app and use promo code SCORE, that's S-C-O-R-E, for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank so make sure you got a filler up when you do it you can cash out anytime with your bank account paypal uh e-gift card if you want with amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code score to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank now we are taking this one in a bit more of a um a grim direction i want to say um i i've been very vocal about I am not happy with the Florida Gators men's basketball program right now. Um, This isn't a quick hit reaction from Wednesday's loss against Tennessee. This isn't a quick hit reaction from Monday's loss against Ole Miss. It's been something that's been stewing and brewing for a while now. And I'll start by saying that, I mean, it's the thing I always say. And at this point, honestly, I kind of want you guys to repeat with me if if you can. (laughs) It is year seven. If the roster is not good enough, that falls on the guy who builds the roster, Mike White. If the roster is good enough, then it falls on the guy coaching the team, Mike White. So I I, I just want to get that out of the way. I'll get more in depth. I won't just keep repeating my spiel like I do with them. But uh, Mike White's 135 and 83 as a Florida Gators head coach. That's including a 27-9 season, which was his second season. Again, we're in year seven. Now, the Gators are 12-8 and eight so far this season. That is a 60% win percentage for those of you bad at math. I am. I had to use a calculator. That's a 60% win percentage. That is the same percentage that Florida had last season. That is a worse winning percentage than Florida had the season before that. Mike White had a bad first year in Gainesville. He followed it up with a stellar second year in Gainesville. Since then, it's been mediocrity, and he's been living off that very successful second season. And I said it when he signed the contract extension this past summer. Why? 
Why did you do that? Because it seems like Florida, and I've said this before too, Florida is just committing to mediocrity, and that's completely unacceptable because he's been completely and consistently underperforming. And it's not like Mike White inherited this, this bad program and turned it into a very good program. It's not like he inherited a bad program and had a good year and showed promise, and then that was it. He inherited a damn good program, and Mike White turned this into a damn average program. I'm not going to overreact and say it's a bad program. It's, a, it's an average program right now. It's better than what it could be, but it's also way worse than what it could be. And the thing is, when, when you look at this, like I just said, like he took a, a good program and made it average, and that's fine for a lot of schools. But here's the thing. Because we, we, we talk about this phrase a lot, and a lot of people make fun of this phrase because of off-field things, but you look at the Gator standard. This is the University of Florida. This, this is UF, baby. This is the University of Florida. There ain't a damn thing that's average about this university. I'm not talking about this program athletically, academically. Overall, there ain't a damn thing average about this program except for its men's basketball program right now. Florida's football, looking up on the way up. Baseball, on the way up. Softball, on the way up. And women's basketball, cooking right now. Men's basketball, damn average. And that, that's disappointing because, like I said, this is the University of Florida. Ain't a damn thing average about this program. Not a single mother thing. That, 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 that's disappointing with this. And I get it right now. Colin Castleton is hurt. You've had COVID rescheduling, which – I, I, I don't, you know, the game got canceled, whatever, however you feel about that happening. It got rescheduled to turn this past week into a three games and five day stretch. And I get it. It's tough. And it's a generally tough. Oh, I almost dropped a hard bomb there. Uh, it's a generally tough schedule for Florida. This is going to be one of the hardest years that Mike White has in his seven years. But at the same time, you're seven years into your tenure at an elite program all around. A genuinely elite program all around. Your roster should be talented enough where one injury to Colin Castleton won't kill you. The, the team, you know, they, they played well the first couple games without Colin Castleton. It was like, okay, maybe maybe this isn't as bad as it seems. But then, then they've, they've come back. They've regressed to their mean. You've seen uh, flashes of good basketball, but then you've seen a lot more awful ball. This team... It has to be better than Mike White can make them. And that that's where I'm at, where, where similar to Dan Mullen towards the end of his tenure, I don't think Mike White's a bad basketball coach. I don't I don't think Dan Mullen's a bad football coach. But I think you're at the point where it, we, we've seen enough, where Dan Mullen only got, a, only got what, three full years? You, we've seen enough where it's like, okay, we, we, we like you. Like, you're, you're cool. Sure, whatever. But you're not good enough to coach the University of Florida. That, that's where I'm at with it. I, I, I think that you aren't where you need to be. And that's not that's not a necessary like a dunk on Mike White. Mike White's a young coach. He's just not where he needs to be. You know, he, he went from mid-major Mike to still being called mid-major Mike, but being the head coach of the University of Florida. And you gave it your best swing, but... You're, you're not good enough. Like I said, this is Florida. There ain't a damn thing average about the program, the university in any way. So sorry, dog. It just, it just ain't your time right now to be the University of Florida head coach. And simple as that.
It's the new year, so that means it's New Year's resolution time. Mine's for a new coach. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I'm bad at keeping mine. I got a hardcore sweet tooth. I tell you guys all the time. My neighbor brought us some, like, cannoli chip witches and dog. <laughs> and they were good. <laughs> Every year, my weakness is that sweet tooth. But with Built Bar, it's already coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. So throw out your hidden stashes, your cannoli chip witches, your, your Reese's, whatever they may be, wherever they may be. Throw them out and just get Built Bar so you don't have to sneak around. You don't got to feel bad. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you will never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, one five to get 15% off of your next order at built or builtbar.com. Now we're going to take a look at the Florida Gators women's basketball game with South Carolina. It's, it's happening this Sunday, and I realize I usually don't preview Sunday games on the show, but it's a very big game. South Carolina is currently, at the time of recording, the number one team in women's college basketball. So it's big. You know, this is a game at noon in Gainesville. If you can make it to the game, That'd be dope. Give the Gators support and get get the crowd rowdy. You know, the rowdy reptiles got to get back into it. I unfortunately won't be able to even watch the game uh, because I will be at that time. I will be on a flight to New Orleans traveling to the Senior Bowl, which is in Mobile, Alabama. But uh, hey, you know, you got to make a sacrifice. This is a damn good game, too, that I'm ready for because the Gators are red hot like that on a five game win streak. And three of those five games have been against top 25 teams. The Gators this season are 15 and five. And I, I feel like I haven't said this enough um, where I, I can, you know, I, I know I've said I'm damn proud of this team. Um, but something else I, I feel like I haven't said is like, I was dead wrong about this team. You know, this team was going through a lot before the season. They got off to a cold start. It was rough. I believe at one point it was two and three. And it's like, damn, you know, maybe, maybe they're not it. Um, but, you know, I, I genuinely did not expect this kind of turnaround to be 15 and five at this point in the season. And that's why I will constantly publicly and privately give coach Finley so much credit because she's dealt with injuries She's dealt with struggling players. She's dealt with a transfer from one of her best players, who, of course, was injured and then transferred. But whatever it may be, this Florida Gators women's basketball team and Coach Finley has consistently found found ways to win games, and that is damn good. Like like looking at this game itself, just, just number one South Carolina on the docket. They've got one loss on the year at the time of recording. They play Ole Miss. Um, at like shortly after I'm recording, they play Ole Miss during my live stream on Thursday night, well, just last night. So yeah, I, so that won't be there, but um, they've got one loss at the time of recording. Even if they lose that game, they are a two loss team. That, that would be 18 and two if they lose 19 and one, if they win, this is a damn good team. And you've got to set a focus, a key focus in your game plan on Aaliyah Boston of South of uh, South Carolina. You, she's got to be the focal point of this Florida game plan. She's a 6'5 forward. She's a beast for South Carolina. She's averaging 17 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game. She, she is a force to be reckoned with at this point. But here's the thing. She's a leading scorer and leading rebounder for South Carolina. And here's the thing. I like how Florida matches up with her. I, do, I, I like how they can match up with her. Because you look at this game for the Gators, and you look at this roster, 
and you go, who can handle that responsibility of Aaliyah Boston? And then I look at the roster and I go, I know who can handle it. There's a starter and a backup that I'm going to trust with that. It's going to be Faith Dude and Floor Tunders. That those are the two that I will trust to you know stay in the rotation, stay out of foul trouble if possible, and kind of take Aaliyah Boston out of the game. We, we've seen this Florida Gators women's basketball team um, be able to isolate a star and kind of take her out of the game plan before. I believe it was the Murray State game. They had someone that was averaging like 20-something points per game, and she was just completely silent against Florida. Florida's shown that they could do that. And and don't forget, like this is a Gators team that they, they lost Lavender Briggs for the season due to injury. And then Lavender Briggs, who I've been very high on, very vocally high on, uh, transferred to Maryland, what, a week ago now? Um of course, she's out for the year, but when she is healthy, she will be playing for Maryland. So this is a team that's needed people to step up. And they've had Zippy Broughton do that, and they've had Alberte Rimdahl do that. Zippy Broughton, of course, did it in the starting lineup, and Alberte Rimdahl has done it on the bench. But Alberte has just come in and just been unconscious as a shooter. She's been remarkable. Zippy Broughton has been just cooking, cooking. And, you know, like you look at Kiki Smith, who's the star of this team, SEC Player of the Week. She, she's been just a beast, really. Uh, she's a do-it-all, stat-cheat stuffer. She can do it. We know she can. Jordan Merritt is still Jordan Merritt. And the rest of the team really stepped up in a time where, you know, it, it's a time for adversity with everything that happened before the season. Everything that's happened since the start of the season, you know, everything that happened before the season, I'm not going to talk too much about, but um, the start of the season was rough. You know, you've, you've had an injury to Lavender Briggs. You've got Lavender Briggs transfer, and she was one of the stars of this team. Like, she was legitimately just a monster for this team. And you've had the whole team step up. Everybody. Emanuele G. Oliveira stepped up. Nina Rickards has cleaned up after her rough start to this season. Faith Dude and Flora Tunders picked it up, and they've become more aggressive. This is a team that has stepped up in every possible way they can. So we look at this game, and... You know, at, at the time of recording, again, this is the number one team in women's college basketball in South Carolina. They are 18-1 and one at the time of recording. And yet, here I am, sitting in, in front of you all right now, uh, telling you that I have nothing but faith and confidence in our Florida Gators to get the job done. Are, is this a Gator? Is this a perfect Gators team? No. Nah. But I'll tell you what, it's a damn good Gators team. And they don't have a ton of flaws or a ton of weaknesses. Sure, they can get a little more consistent shooting from three. Alberto Rimdahl has helped that. Sure, they, they can kind of, you know, focus a little bit more on not turning the ball over. But they, they've picked that up recently. They, they have. And you know what? This is a team that right now, they're receiving votes. They're not even top 25 right now. They're like 29th. They've got 12 votes to be ranked. Um and they, they don't have a ton of flaws or a ton of weaknesses, but at the same time, they've still consistently and steadily improved. Win or lose this game, that won't waver any of that because you're playing against the number one team in the country right now. If you win, that's dope. If you lose, no one gives a damn. You're expected to lose by a lot. They won't. I, I have full faith in this team. They won't lose by a lot. But this is a damn good women's Gators team. And I like like I said, win or lose, I don't care. I know that this game, win or lose, they're going to get better. And they're going to improve and they're going to take their next steps 
to to get better and to improve and to continue to do that, continue to build this program. And Coach Finley, salute to you because she's kicking you know what right now. Um, thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We'll, we'll, we will be back, I was going to say tomorrow, we'll be back Monday where I'll be in Mobile, Alabama to talk more about our Florida Gators. For Locked On Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with whole nine sports that is W H O L E N I N E sports. And again, you can find me right now. I'll be, I'll be chilling in the chat for uh, Kel Poppy on Twitter, K E L L P A P I. And yeah, we'll be vibing. He's going to be playing Pokemon. So that, that's dope for me. At least I'm like, I'm going to be watching. That. I'm watching that. I'll see you all Monday.